listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon, and I have a new guest today. Hi. I'm Claire. Yeah, wonderful to be here. <laughs> Claire, I've been seeing Claire a lot on the internet. You like movies a lot. Yes. So I knew that definitely be worth having an episode with you. And what we're going to talk about is our favorite movies from the 2010s. I've used the word favorite. I didn't want to use the word best. Yeah. Because <laughs> best makes it seem... See, when people use best, it's like the objective best, best. Yeah. But favorite, our preferences, the ones we like in the 2010s, mm. the past 10 years. So, yeah. Um, let me first ask you how Ending Your List was. Did you have 10 options? Yes. Uh, it's <laughs> It was actually hard to make up 10. <laughs> I had like 20. I was so. hoping for us to do a top 5. Oh, yeah, we can do a you top 5. You can do a top 5. You'll yeah. do like as an honorable mention of the bottom 5. Yeah. So we're going to do a top 5 favorite movies of the 2010. Yes. It wasn't that hard, but like placing them, mm. where to place number one, mm. number two, yeah, that was a bit difficult. What criteria were you using? How many times can I watch this movie before I drop dead? <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, my criteria was how often do I think about it? Of course, rewatchability is there, but how often does it pop up in my mind? Yeah. Because when I was even looking at some of the lists I made, just in recent years, I look and I'm like, I can't believe this is a movie that I watched and actually it existed. However big, yeah, because, yeah, mostly how often do I think about that movie, how often do I recommend it, mm. and also does some of us really watch a lot, but that's mostly my criteria. And do you have like a quantitative year, or is it, is it recent? A, a bit recent, mm. uh, more of the mid 2010s, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, it's mostly the mid and the recent mm. 2018, 2017. Okay. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Do you want to start with your number five pick? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, my number five is Baby Driver by Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. yeah, like I don't know where to start. <laughs> It's just a lot. It's heart racing. Like, yeah, Edgar Wright, I'm a big fan. Yes. And music wise, you also like it. Like, what were the reasons that made it stand out for you? The music. And you'd think, these, some people thought these were new tracks. Mm-hmm. But, like, these are songs from the 60s and the 70s, and they just fit so well into the movie. And, yeah, the pace is epic. Have you watched his other movies? Yes, uh, the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. You preferred Baby Driver? Yeah. Yay. I don't know why, but yes. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. That's impressive. Because for me, I derived that it was such a shift. I think I was used to his Cornetto trilogy vibe. Yeah. And this was such a shift. It was, I think it was still shocking for me. I haven't rewatched it recently. I haven't been rewatching it. I last watched Hot Fuzz like last year. And Baby Driver is first. Yeah. Baby Driver, yeah. Like last month, I think I did, I did a, a marathon of sorts, yeah. I need to rewatch it because it's been a minute and I, I imagine my reaction would be different from the time when it came out because I wasn't so high on it. But I feel like it's going to be. When mm-hmm. did it come out? 2017. 
me at first I was like what <laughs> what is happening but yeah it's really good and yeah I would I, I'd like to go through it again to pick up some things <laughs> yeah you watch it when it came out no mm. it kept showing up on my lists mm. so I, I watched it like m- early this year yeah mm-hmm. hey, early this year that's so recent yeah <laughs> it came out in 2016 mm. at about the same time that because it's mostly mocking Justin Bieber. <laughs> and Justin Bieber had a documentary about, and it, it, it was called Never Stop Something, mm. but it was a direct reaction to that, and it was just so perfect. <laughs> 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 so, that's my number five. That's my number four. My number four is Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Yes. Uh, Wes Anderson is like, I don't know. It's like, he has a, I think he has a specific lens in his eyes, because the way he structures his films is number one visually stunning, story-wise. For Grand Budapest, like it's moving on slowly, then it hits the fan, <laughs> like it's non-stop after that. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's not easy to have like a multitude of stars, because he always has these people he collaborates with, Bill Murray. Raffaines, Wilson, like it's not easy to have that star-studded cast, mm. and then you have this newcomer, Tony Revolori, but like your focus is on that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Grand Budapest is it's really good. Yeah. Agreed. I like Wes Anderson, but not as much as many people. Yeah, yeah. It has a lot of pain. You know, the whole phrase, every frame is a painting. He really goes to town with that. Yeah. Every frame really can be like painting paper. <laughs> every, every single shot. I love Grand Budapest Hotel. I just rarely rewatch his work. I don't know why. Because another movie that's missed out narrowly was Moonrise Kingdom. You love Moonrise yes, Kingdom? Yes, I like Moonrise Kingdom. Where did it come out though? I don't think it's <sighs> 
been the, the uh, should be early twin either late 2000s or yeah. I don't know but it's not in the 2010s no I don't no, I don't yeah. Yeah. No, but cool um, the other now his other recent movies those ones that you like I haven't watched Isle of Dogs sadly not it's yet good. I preferred it to many of his films I, I liked it even better than the fantastic Mr. Fox yeah, yeah it's really good just go up <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four is Tangerine by Sean Baker. Have you watched Tangerine? No, I haven't. Tangerine is from 2015. But, um, did you watch the Florida Project? Just t- just a bit. I oh, didn't. didn't I don't know it? why. For some reason, I didn't finish it. Out of not liking it or out of time constraints. Time constraints. Really? Yeah. I really really like Sean Baker. Like out of the indie movie filmmakers, he's one of my favorites because. These films are just so nice and sensitive, and they're really, really small, very good ca- character portraits. So Tangerine is about two transgender sex workers, and one of them comes out of prison and finds out that her boyfriend has cheated on her. And so the film is just her running around to find him, and also find the girl that he slept with. It's amazing. And it, ha- it was known a lot by the time it came out because it was filmed all on an iPhone, and the oh. iPhone 5. Three of them, though, I used to tell people that they were three. <laughs> just the one phone. Yeah. But three iPhones. It's just so good. The colors are so good. Like, he does really have the tangerine color. And the women are so dramatic. It's so melodramatic. But in a very calm, like, in a, in a really good way. And the music is insanely good. Great film. My favorite of his. Batman is really, really good, but what he does. Because mel- like that, just the plot alone sounds ridiculous, and this is a p- the type of plot that in many films just people can keep your name. But the way he uses it, and it's like he gives you a glimpse of their community while all that is happening, and then there's a, it ends so perfectly with a very tender moment of them as friends. Yeah, so beautiful, very good guy. I adore his work. Tangerine. Okay. What's your number three? Number three. Uh, okay, so I'll preface this by saying I like musicals. Mm. So number three mm. is La La Land. No way! <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pick. I don't know. I, I watched La La Land, finished it, was just looking at the credits and just yeah. restart. I was so stunned by it. For he gave so many nods to classic musicals, West Side Story, Singing in the Rain, mm-hmm. and it was shot so beautifully. I, yeah, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are gold whenever they are together. Yeah, so hopefully they have more projects together. I know. But La Land, the music, the visuals, it's just stunning. Yeah. The music was really good. I loved it too the time it came out. That's one of my favorites. Like, yeah, what year was that? 2016. 2016. That's one of my favorites too. That was the year of Moonlight and La La Land. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, whole <laughs> the <laughs> chaos. <laughs> oh, yeah. I loved La La Land. I did the same thing actually. But 
But I think uh, I did the exact same thing with watching it immediately again. But it was mostly because of how different it was as a musical. Yeah. It was quite different. Like it even starts and you're not sure it just started <laughs> when they're just on the road and singing. It was so good. I have a few tracks in on my daily playlist. So. Yes. Yeah. What about Whiplash? What about these other shows? Whiplash, I was stunned. Even Whiplash, like it was so much to process at at first, and I was like, "What's happening? This kid is going to lose his fingers." <laughs> I like that guy, the director. Damien Chazelle. Yeah. Yes. Did you like it? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yep. No. Technically <laughs> superior yeah. to many space movies, mm. but yeah, really stunning as well. Very cool. I like it. Um, I think it's to make a space movie. I'm about to start thinking about it. Like, guys. <laughs> yeah, we have to look <laughs> forward to, to get this Brad Pitt in others. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. He's the director he's dope. I like I love Lost City of Z. It's like one of those objectively good movies. So good. I love it. Yeah, I also and like I it. I trust that guy to give us some good things. And I'm sure for sure for sure we can watch it. Uh, my number three is Timbuktu. Have you watched Timbuktu? No, I've heard of it. But you've heard of it. Yeah. It got Oscar nominated in this year. Um, it's by, I can't say this guy's name, the director called Abadamen Sisako, Sisako is a name, I don't know. He also did a film called Bamako, you know when we were talking about the year we should do, mm. when I thought we'd start from the year 2000, yeah. I had so many <laughs> options, like the options, the films that I had were so many, I realized most of my favorite things that we did that year, and thank him for this harder for me because his other film Bamako is from 2006 and it's by far one of my favorites. I definitely like it more than Timbuktu but because Timbuktu is in this bracket then yeah. it makes the cut. But Timbuktu is about the city Timbuktu in Mali and at that time it's under really strict Sharia law and with a lot of extremist Islamists. So with that look and it, it's really good at showing just that but not as the story exactly because it concentrates on a story of a man who, like, um, his cow, um, his cow destroys a fisherman's net, and the fisherman kills the cow. Then he gets really angry at him for doing that, goes to confront him, and accidentally shoots him. Okay. So now, because of that, then you get to see the, the laws around them, and because the people in power now are like, you have to Shows a lot about how the women are treated in that in at, at that time and everything. Okay. So well done. So 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 well done. Very beautiful. Very contemplative. So nice. And you know, for Nigeria, that area having the beach sun and everything, it does some really beautiful stuff to that. By far one of the best African movies in this decade. Sure. Okay.
Number two, um, Edgar Wright, Scott Pilgrim. What did that come out? It's in the Just the, the Brink, 2010. Oh my yeah. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, I don't think I'll ever get tired of watching this movie. It's, yeah. it's one movie where I can switch it on, watch, and every time there's something new I discover. Mm-hmm. Every time. And it's... <laughs> it, the man uses music in weird weirdly perfect ways and it's so comical it's so hilarious yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's oh, number two the comic bookiness of that film is insane yeah <laughs> i need to see it again it's so hilarious <laughs> yeah you really like it right yes i do have made your list <laughs> cliche as it sounds um i love animations so number one is into the spider verse no way <laughs> recently biased <laughs> you think it's going to hold for a long time it will still be your favorite animation in a long time i take animation seriously yeah. very seriously and i'm not even as i'm not even a marvel fan i am a dc diehard yes but spider verse just it's 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 stunning visually how the technical components of the film also assist with the storytelling mm-hmm. 
because there, there's a mention of how earlier on in the movie uh, Miles is animated at a slower frame rate than the other characters mm. because he has not yet f- achieved full ability of yeah. accepting himself yeah. as this new Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to that point, uh, the WhatsApp danger part, uh-huh. yeah, you can see the, the animation is smooth, he's yeah. flowing, and that, yeah. So, and you are an animator, <laughs> by the referee. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. my field. So it's stunning, as in the journey to, I- to his identity, it's, uh, it's stunning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I saw that in the cinema, it was one of the best decisions I made. Yes, mm-hmm. hands so down. I was I, I, I made it a point not to put any of my favorite films from the very recent years, like last year and the year before. Because I feel like sometimes when I have distance from something, I realize, like it that much. I was just excited about it in the moment. No, every at least for the first six months after Spider Verse came out, mm-hmm. I was continuously thinking about every frame in that movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Is there any other animated movie that you feel like way about? You know, like Lion King. The first Lion King. Yeah. Oh my God! Have you watched the recent? Season? I am no. You should do today. John Favreau <laughs> is not is not going to rob me of that. He's not. Somehow, actually, the thing has come up on every podcast I've recorded since I watched it. I mean, it's that visually such a it's visually stunning, but like, why do I want to see Timon and Pumbaa in National Geographic? Like, why would I? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's an insult to movies. I swear, it's like, like it makes you see, like, basically, shows the power of animation. Yeah. Why would you try? Like just because you should doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you <laughs> doesn't mean no just because you can doesn't mean you should like no and I was so I was so scared of it happening because I saw Favreau did the uh, Jungle Book yeah. and I was actually happy with that yeah. and I was like but don't touch Lion King just yeah. don't and then I heard that they are, they announced Lion King I was like no no don't please don't rob me of my childhood. I was there thinking, oh, I like Beyonce, I'm sure she'll make it better. No. <laughs> no. no. Beyonce is great, but no. No. What decision? What? Oh, my God. I hated that movie so, so much. Anyway. <laughs> uh, my number one I cheated with it. Okay. <laughs> I put two movies. Hmm. I really, really cheated, sorry. <laughs> But my number one is two movies by the same director. Okay. Swedish filmmaker. Oh, sorry. He has two films, one called Force Major, another called The Square. Okay. Have you heard about any of them? I haven't. So I love this guy. Like, I really, really love this guy. He's probably one of my favorite current working directors. And, like, the premise of his films is insanely good. Because, like, Force Major, it was recently actually on, on Twitter. What a scene from the film was trending because of how wild it is. It's about like a man and wife going on holiday, and now while they're seated hanging out at a restaurant, an avalanche begins to fall. Okay. So for a minute, they think, ah, oh, it's not going to reach us. It's looking back, and okay. the avalanche actually reaches them. And in that moment, the the husband 
runs off by himself, leaves his kids. They were with two of their kids. Okay. And he just solo ran off, left his kids and wife like they weren't even there. <laughs> and the wife is like, what the fuck? You're near this and all you care about is yourself other than your kids. So the entire film is based on that drug, the, the tension because of that happening. And the man being so insecure because it's a shit move. Like that. It just says so much about you to do so that. So they, they all survived the avalanche. They all survived the avalanche. <laughs> it's just how could you run away and leave your kids? <laughs> I think he even carried his phone. He carried his <laughs> phone. <laughs> what a whim. It was so wild. So that technique was, was showing a lot on the internet. Just tells people that men ain't shit. <laughs> 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 but so it shows that man being so insecure the entire film. And then, uh, so I like him so much because of how he picks up awkward moments and the film is even filled with so much awkwardness and he shoots it in such a perfect way. His other film, The Square, is about the art world. It's like a satire on the art world. So it's about a curator going through a lot of tension in his life. Then he has a whole scandal with a video they release where it's like like they almost shoot up a, like a homeless child in their ad and they put it to be viral on the internet. He has so many then there's one of the classic things where like you know how weird art can be yeah so like there was a pile of dust which was art like thousands of dollars worth of art then someone the cleaner came and swept <laughs> it off <laughs> the cleaner came and so they all lost they're like okay guys this was worth thousands of dollars like guys just go back to any dustbin and find out that child it was so funny it's a pure mockery of so much about the art world mm. and very many awkward moments and also I recently started working at an, an art organization, so now on top of liking that movie and then being amongst the community, then it just makes everything so much funnier. <laughs> but, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, one of the things I also like about that movie is how he does many awkward moments, and when he was talking about the movie, he was like, most of the inspiration for his film, he just goes on YouTube and looks for awkwardness. Yeah. Like how awkward it can be when a reporter comes up to someone and they were afraid. It was just such an awkward moment. Yeah. He captured that awkwardness so well. <laughs> I love that guy. That's by sure number one. Please check out his stuff. I wish I could go for your bunch of stuff this week because he's like definitely look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we had a list of others. First talk about those others we had in the list. So the honorable mentions. Mm. Um uh, boyhood. Chad Linkletter, like it's only Linkletter can be like I'm gonna do a project for twelve years. You know, <laughs> that was wild. On top of he was doing the before trilogy, so like yeah. how? That's really and boyhood, like it's wow. Just get this kid, focus on him, and many people resonate to that uh, that story of growing up, mm -hmm. the chaos that's just bumbling within you. So I, I like Boyhood for that. That was your number six. Yeah. And number seven? Number seven is Snowpiercer. Oh my god, that almost made my list. <laughs> that almost made my list. It's also in my honorable mentions because I love Bong Joon-ho. Uh-huh. It was like, I don't know, Black Mirror before Black Mirror? I know. <laughs> because it's, it's really strange how these things are starting to play out. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it's less of a dystopian future and more like something that's around the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so like, but if there's Captain America to save us, why <laughs> should we be worried? <laughs> Have you watched his recent film, Parasite? 
No, not yet. Okay. Number eight, um, there has to be at least one franchise movie. So, <laughs> Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Oh, that's the first one. That's the first movie. Yeah, in the yeah. I like JJ. He's he's a sci-fi mastermind. Yeah, and like this felt like if you watch the 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 first trilogy and you 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 religious to it, you you. This felt like a new hope. It had those vibes. Mm. Like, you're rooting for all these characters. They're new, but they have that weird familiarity. Yeah. Like, y- uh, you see a bit of uh, Princess Leia in Rey. Yeah. A bit of Han in, in Finn. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, there's that weird familiarity with the characters, and it was such a nice revamp for the, for the series, yeah. Number nine, um, Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> How did that make your list? <laughs> How, I, I also... You know you, your experience with that movie. Here's the thing. I like rom-coms. Same. And it's been a while since... It, rom-coms had a terrible time for a bit. So much bad rom-coms out there. And then Crazy Rich Asians just pops up. And <laughs> it's... It's lively, that it's extravagant on top of them being rich. Like, it's just, you're just giddy. I know, <laughs> it's such, it, it's really well made. Yeah, and the, the immersion of the Asian culture mm-hmm. was interesting. I, I think it's just top of, it, I don't think they dove too much into the culture, but mm. the glimpse we got, yeah. I liked. Uh-huh. Yeah. It made it so much richer compared to when they just used to white people running through their neighborhoods and things. <laughs> and that wedding scene. Mm. Choo! <laughs> Dipping her leg in the woods. <laughs> Hi! My God. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was. And the bachelor, the bachelor party scenes with the playing all there. I'm like, I... <laughs> so much wealth. It's insane. It was like an action scene, but with wealth. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, my number 10 was Inside Out, because that's, it's, it was so shocking that I haven't had an animation that makes me think that much, because I was like, is this really how my brain is? Huh? <laughs> and it was, it's interesting that they thought of that concept, and yeah, conceptually it's wonderful, the story is well-paced, and it really does make you think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it does, definitely. Yeah. My picks for honorable mentions, Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know why Mad Max didn't make my list. Did you like it when you came I did. That thing is so wild. It's, it's, I, uh, it, it's definitely going to go down in history for sure. It's so great. I really wanted it to be on my list, but these other movies were more true to me. <laughs> So I stuck with them. I loved it. So also that was the same year as Inside Out. I think 2015 was a good year. Yeah. Inside Out came out that year. Great movie. Um, so be- between I wanted to put Snowpiercer, but then what beat it out is Okja. Have you watched Okja? Yes. So I loved Okja way too much. Okja <laughs> scared me, man. As if it was too much. I was like, no, please stop. 
How much more can I take? If that thing can really make you go vegetarian, hey, stop. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a great moment. Yeah, it is. And the part where Octa's running through the town, really like that. When he gets out. Also, visually, like, how they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Because everything seemed, it, it was seamless. You wouldn't, mm-hmm. it felt like Okja is a real mm-hmm. animal or something. Mm-hmm. And all they were using were cardboard cutouts. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was seamless. If, they, if people want to see, if want to understand what real CGI is, it's mm-hmm. that kind which doesn't seem like it's there. Mm-hmm. Like it's a fake animal, but it's, it blends in so perfectly. Mm-hmm. So that's perfect CGI. Not yeah. this clunky Iron, Iron Man. Iron Man is great, but like <laughs> it's CGI. You can tell. Yeah. yeah. You can tell for sure. If you're not even thinking, it would trick you to think that maybe yeah, it's real. Really a real thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Of the superhero movies, uh, if I were to put, I wouldn't have put, but if I were to pick. Would have, it would be between Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and so I love the first Thor. Not Ragnarok? Not Ragnarok. Wow. I was actually not happy with people all acting like this Ragnarok was the, Ragnarok was great, but it wasn't mine. Not at all. I really dug the first Thor. It's my favorite superhero origin story. A superhero movie moved, uh, missed out on my list, but yeah. it, they were supposed to be Manu still. Oh my god, you're serious about being a DC person yes. properly. Shit. Zack Snyder. Man of Steel? Tell me about that. Zack Snyder brought Superman into the 21st century. Like, he <laughs> gave him depth. And I don't care what people say, ah, it's too dark. Superman shouldn't do this. No. That's the reality we are in. Like, <laughs> you, I, lo- I loved Christopher Reeves' Superman. The yeah. original. But like, it had to be a realistic, a, a realistic Superman. He has to have flaws. He has to have doubts. He has to like Zack Snyder. Hashtag release the Snyder cut <laughs> for Justice Justice League. It it it's real. It's real. So first, I wanted to first remember. I wanted to ask you how you feel about the Last Jedi. Did you like the Last Jedi? I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not. No. I'm not like those other fans who are like, ah, the franchise is now dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, for me, for me, the way I saw Last Jedi was, it's a, a film meant to cause conflict with yeah. it. The film itself and amongst like the fan base. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a harsh reality, but yes, Luke is the Jedi, but like, it's not entirely shocking if he is to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a progression. Like, I think the next one, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, it's mm-hmm. going to be good. But Last Jedi, I'm, I'm not disappointed with it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think I, not I think I know I, I stopped caring about Star Wars because Star Wars was one of the first franchise things, old franchise things I watched when I was on campus and I was getting into music at that time. And I remember being fascinated by the original series. But I think now as a I was watching that last one, the one, the origin story of Han Solo. Mm. And they were talking about, like, ooh, the rebellion. I was just like, guys, I don't think I care about you. You're so serious about what you're talking about, and I don't care anymore. But I, like, I love the Force Awakens. I saw it in the cinema day one. Mm. And it 
was like a crowd full of fans. Yeah. Like the 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 things that came on and we were all clapping. <laughs> it was such a cool crowd moment. Yeah, it was. And last day that I, I it was overruled by all the controversies. Like the fanboys being such babies. Fanboys will be fanboys. Like don't be babies. Like the the recent uh, James Bond uh, fracas. Oh, the female Bond. Yeah. It's a female double or seven, yes. It's not a female born. And guys just blow it out of proportion. Like guys, what's what what's the worst that could happen? Like chill. Before I will never get mad to stop getting mad at people for what they did for me with Captain Marvel. I really avoided that movie because I'm like I hate what is going on with the fans in this thing. Chill. I watched the movie, it was fine. I even and guys refuse to allow that. Captain Marvel is actually one of the best origin stories Marvel has done. Because I, I used the comparison of Doctor Strange. Yeah. No, Doctor Strange wasn't like no. I'm a Captain Marvel was really good. It's yeah. sad that yeah, it was trashed in that way, but it was good. Aquaman, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked Aquaman. Yeah. Wonder Woman, I don't know why I have this issue about the ending of Wonder Woman. Like, <laughs> it's like they tried to take a spin on how the first Captain America ended, but mm-hmm. then, like, no. Like, don't tie her down to this guy. Like, no. I felt like the ending just everything about the movie was perfect until the ending for me mm. yeah mm. yeah but Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman in my eyes forever <laughs> the other movies Justice League doesn't exist to me <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sad that Snyder never got to realize his vision for the entirety of the universe and I'm looking forward to the new sh- the, the next Suicide Squad. Yeah, James Gunn released things like just yesterday. The cast is uh, wow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But for Flash, Flash might never happen. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's been like five directors working. Yeah, what the? <laughs> but I still I still maintain that Warner Brothers is interfering, mm. and that's what's causing a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. And yeah. We might not never be happy for a, a while. Um, let's see. I had an animated movie that's good. I was thinking like of the big directors I didn't have any. For example, of Cohen Brothers. I didn't see any of any of theirs. Are there any of those of theirs that you really like of the decade? Cohen Brothers. Where did they do Yakuza? Uh, they did recently Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes, that. Yeah. I liked Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> yeah, I liked it. It was a uh, a good switch out from like some of the stuff they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're, but these guys, like their years where they have a lot of good things, it's still in the 2000s. Because it's in 2007 where they did that. 
watch that movie with that Mukanti for old man. Mm. It's a better movie. Yeah, but yeah. Also, Mr. Anderson, you like those BTS? What's this uh, with the? There's this movie w- with a guy who is poisoned by his girlfriend. Yeah, something. Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread confused me. <laughs> confused me. Like the music is stunning. Yeah. The costumes was epic. But then, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Why would you put yourself Are through you this? It, it, I don't understand. I love BTS. It's so confusing. I keep seeing that I actually was thinking of adding one inherent vice. Have you watched inherent vice? It's like a stunner movie. I know it, but I haven't watched it. Oh god, it is so such a stunner movie. I the the only way I was able to actually understand part of it is because I had subtitles on. Because the characters are even speaking in a low tone. So many psychedelics. That reminds me of the uh, this movie, the guy with terrible anxiety, played by uh, Sun. This comedy guy who did Click. Why Adam Sandler. Yes, Adam Sandler. Punch drunk love. Punch drunk love. That movie gave me too much I anxiety. Love that movie so much. <laughs> I was like, wait, come down, just come down. <laughs> it's so much. He was so intense, and his sisters would make him more anxious. Then he would slam the wall. It was so cool. Those sisters need to be in jail. I know. And then I, and then I keep, I kept really understanding him because I, I have uh, six, five sisters. We have six girls, two boys. Mm. And there's one guy that would really give too much shit. <laughs> I could really imagine someone like getting that intense because of people being all up on you all the time. Um, David Fincher. Social network. Oh, I've been, I was looking at a lot of lists that um, people have made for the 2010s, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Social network was on a lot of lists. Inception was on a lot of lists. It's only IndieWire that li- put, put Moonlight and me. I'm like, recency bias. But <laughs> recency bias, they put Moonlight as their number one. But a lot was social network and criminal um, and stuff. Chris Nolan, Chris Nolan is, I, I wanted to put Interstellar, but mm. I, <laughs> because I listen to that OST on loop every day. Yeah. Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer, I wish I could meet Hans Zimmer. <laughs> that man is a genius. Woo. And uh, David Fincher, Fincher, I don't know. Social Network was just, network? no, I, I wasn't. Gone Girl, I could have put Gone Girl. Gone Girl is easily. crazy. Easily. <laughs> it's easily. That movie is genius. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, Fincher is crazy, so. Uh-huh. Yeah. He is a crazy crazy person. Anyway, Fincher, we've got to the 2010s. Yes. Thank you so much for this. This has been really fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> anyway, this has been our episode. I'm Sharon. Claire.